All right, welcome back to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle. This week, we are talking about product failures from Twitter and others learning from past mistakes. So Twitter's latest saga, specifically around Twitter Blue, has been an ongoing lesson in product failure, among many other failures. While some may want to steer clear from the train wreck, others of us continue to stare with morbid curiosity. Either way, we can learn from the debacle, and hopefully Twitter can too. So let's talk a little bit about Twitter Blue. In late 2022, Twitter Blue subscriptions launched in an attempt to monetize Twitter and move away from a reliance on advertisers. Users could pay $8 per month for the ability to get verified, get that coveted blue check, edit tweets, move to the top of the comment section, customize the Twitter experience, among other things. But unfortunately, everything about the Twitter Blue product has fallen short. The question always was, how could you get people to pay for a free product? And the answer clearly has been not easily. According to an article in Mashable, quoting approximately 619,858 Twitter users were subscribed to Twitter Blue as of the end of April, April 2023. That's around $5 million per month or $60 million per year. So since 2022, Twitter has only been able to convert around 600,000 users to paid subscriptions. And Mashable, Mashable goes on to further discuss the problems. Quoting again, out of about 150,000 early subscribers to Twitter Blue, just around 68,000 have stuck around and maintained a paid subscription as of April 30th, 2023. That means around 81,000 users or 54.5% of Twitter users who subscribed to Twitter Blue when it first launched in November are no longer subscribed to the service. That is that's an abnormally high churn rate for an online subscription service. Churn rate is the percentage of users that unsubscribe from a service. According to one study released last year by the subscription management company Recurly, the average overall annual churn rate is only 5.57% for subscription-based businesses. So a lot to unpack there that is really, really interesting. But Twitter Blue's features aren't encouraging retention like you would expect. And that churn rate is exceptionally high, uh, almost 10 times uh, what you would expect for an annual churn rate. And the revenue has also been incredibly poor. Advertisers have left Twitter while not enough users have signed up for subscriptions to make up for the loss. Uh, quoting again, Bloomberg said that from September to October of last year, so that's 2023, the top 10 advertisers on Twitter spent $71 million on ads. In the past two months, the total was just $7.6 million, a decline of 89%, the research firm said. So that is just the top 10 advertisers on Twitter spending $71 million in ads. And again, uh, a 10x drop down to around $7 million. Uh, with only $5 million a month from subscribers and the $7.6 million from advertisers or potentially the top 10 advertisers, the loss of 
those major advertisers really, really adds up and becomes a really bad metric. But that may not even be the worst of it, at least not from a product and UX perspective. Some features introduced by Twitter Blue have become toxic to actual users. For example, the Twitter Blue check actually used to be a coveted status symbol. It showed that you were a verified account, that you had reached a level level on Twitter where enough people were noticing that it mattered to the community to know who was real and who wasn't. So you reached a level, level of notoriety uh, in order to gain that blue check mark. And of course, there is a lot of debate and some amount of consternation over who was getting blue check marks versus who wasn't and that sort of thing, uh, which is why uh, Elon Musk came in and totally changed it. But blue check, check marks now only symbolize that you're willing to pay Twitter $8 a month and nothing more. And this, of course, became a major fiasco in November when Twitter users unsurprisingly created fake accounts, got blue check marks, and posted obscene content that looked like it came directly from formerly verified accounts, uh, which I wrote about back, again, back in November. And you can check out that post, uh, Elon, Twitter, and Blue Check's product feature critique, and also the podcast going back to November. You can check that one out on how, not just on Twitter and Blue Checks, which was, of course, the the topic, but really looking at a product feature critique, which you know we're continuing to dive into here. But the blue check has become the opposite of a status symbol. In fact, many celebrities or famous accounts are actively trying to get rid of their blue checks because they aren't paying for Twitter blue, yet they still have the blue check mark. And they don't want people to think that they have subscribed to Twitter or that they're paying for it, which is the it was conceivably the only way that you would get a blue check mark. And they don't they don't want people to think that because there is now a stigma associated with that. And I know when I go on Twitter, I have that same thought that the only blue check marks that I'm going to see are people who are subscribed to Twitter Blue. And that is essentially the reason why they're doing it, among potentially some other ones. But according to The Verge, an article there. Over the course of a single weekend, Twitter managed to turn its most coveted status symbol into something that at least some users are so upset to be associated with that they're wondering if it's illegal. So it's not even just that they want to get rid of it or they don't want to be associated with it, but they're wondering if they have legal standing to sue Twitter uh, because they have been given some of these blue check marks, and they don't want them. Of course, uh, famously, uh, at Drill is one of them, and I post the screenshot of that where I believe he was out of spite given a blue check mark because he was so vocally he or she we don't know uh, was that account was so vocally uh, criticizing the blue check mark and. Uh, so that account uh, got one. And then another one, at Hassan Thahan, uh, also uh, posts uh, his version of it where he tweets, I have no clue how this happened. I absolutely did not buy Twitter Blue. 
even though he also has a verified account, and which says that is because they are subscribed to Twitter Blue and they verified their phone number. Um, and there's been a, num- a number of other celebrities who uh, Elon Musk has said that he has given uh, blue check marks to uh, on Twitter. So it's become this opposite of a status symbol. It's become uh, very, very stigmatized. You know you've missed the mark on a product when your users are actively trying to avoid it and visibly upset when you give it to them for free. As Mashable now puts it, uh, Twitter's new CEO Musk in, oh, Twitter's new CEO is Musk's first step in admitting Twitter blue failure. So uh, all of this is to say that with all of the features, with all of the hope of shifting the business model over to subscriptions and away from advertising, uh, over uh, the course of the end of 2022 into 2023, that Twitter has seen, you know, because of these metrics, because of the usage, because of the revenue metrics, that it's just not working out. And Musk has hired an advertising executive to take over leadership of Twitter that may correct some of the issues, or maybe it will continue to swing wildly back and forth. We will just have to wait and see. But with all of that said, what are some of the lessons that we can take from what really is a number of different problems, but focusing in specifically on the Twitter Blue product as a product itself? So first off, understand the real problem. We have to understand the real problem that we're trying to solve. Uh, in In one example here, so verification badges or blue checks started as a way to identify who was real on the platform, but they changed into status symbols over time. This created a divide between blue checks and I guess not blue checks, which became an issue for a small set of users. Elon Musk, when he took over Twitter, promised to fix the divide, but he did it without fixing the problems. And frankly, in turn created even more problems. You know, one of the underlying problems on Twitter is discerning real accounts from fake ones. A verification process is a good way to help with that. Giving more clarity on the process and allowing a fair set of rules could have solved part of the problem. Paying for verification would not solve the problem and would only introduce more problems as we saw. So first off, we really, really have to understand the problems that we're trying to solve in order to develop and launch good products. Uh, Second, we need to understand the user value. A subscription service must offer a compelling value proposition for users. If customers do not see the value in the features or the added features, they're not going to be willing to pay for them or stick with them. And the pricing should also reflect that value. If users don't see enough value to justify the price, they won't subscribe or they'll end up churning, which is a big thing that, uh, according to a number of these articles we've seen at Twitter, you know, with the 54% churn. A successful pricing strategy requires a thorough understanding of the target market, the landscape, and the value of, of what you're offering. So does Twitter Blue offer $8 of value to users? Apparently it doesn't. Uh, not to most, anyway. While new features are great, what most users would want for their subscription, in my opinion, 
would be a clear path to grow their audience and influence and potentially monetize it as well. Some of those two tools are available in Twitter Blue, but it's not just the product itself. As Twitter has lost influence and users more broadly, the value of Twitter as a platform has also decreased. So it's not just a product problem, but it is a company problem. And that is a bigger problem and becomes very problematic as you're trying to release new features and uh, new pricing models, as we've seen. And finally, you have to understand the business. Even if you feel you have a good path to add more revenue streams to your business or shift to a different business model, like user subscriptions, you shouldn't necessarily do that at the expense of your existing business if you don't have to. You know, Twitter's business was primarily based on ad revenue. And while they, that might not be the best long-term plan, it certainly wasn't in anyone's interest to set fire to that entire model without a clear plan to shift to a different business model. So I know as I have worked with companies and in companies who are really shifting pricing and packaging for one and shifting business models, it is a very deliberate and thoughtful process. And I think that that is an important thing. You have to really understand the business at its core. And that's not to say that you should never you know, make those big pivots or big changes. Obviously, you need to. And many companies don't do that and end up failing. But doing it with a full understanding and doing it well is an important part. So wrapping this up, we all create products that fail or at least fail to live up to expectations. It's part of being in product management and product development in product design. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I made as a product manager happened early in my career when I was overseeing the development of a new application as well. You know, we had been working for months on developing a feature set that we were confident would set us apart. And our team was excited. I was excited. And we poured a lot of resources into perfecting and developing uh, this feature and this feature set, including too much time and too much development time specifically. And when we launched and we found out users were not using it nearly as much as we expected, and we had spent so much time and energy on something that frankly our customers didn't find as valuable as we hoped, this mistake significantly affected the, the launch and ultimately caused us to pivot our product strategy. We actually ended up sunsetting the feature uh, relatively quickly to focus our development and maintenance efforts on more valuable areas, uh, which was a super, super difficult conversation for me to have. I remember uh, very well having that conversation with uh, our development team and other people in the organization. So looking back, the critical mistake was not validating assumptions, customer needs, and all doing all of that very, very thoroughly. We had done some of it, obviously, but not enough. You know, we were convinced that what we were doing was correct and we overlooked a lot of things that were easy to see in hindsight, but you know, some of the crucial steps of validation. And that stayed that has stayed with me for a long time as a product manager. You know, we have to understand that we have to understand the problems that we're solving, our users and our business. If we don't, we'll create products that fail. And those products may be small feature sets, or they may be bet the company big initiatives like Twitter Blue. Either way, we can all learn from some of these product failures. So there you go. That is this week's 
uh, podcast and newsletter on product failures, specifically from Twitter and some others, how we can learn from past mistakes. If you liked this, definitely remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and go over and subscribe to the newsletter over at productthinking.cc, the free or paid version. If you want to support this podcast, support the newsletter, support me, uh, upgrade to the paid version of the newsletter and get some additional content and really just support everything that I am doing. And definitely go over to the social medias and follow us there. You can follow me at Kyle Larry Evans on Twitter and on TikTok as much as we rag on Twitter. Uh, we're still there and still like it uh, and TikTok as well. And follow this newsletter on Twitter and TikTok at Product Thinking. It's just one T in the middle. You can find those links in the show notes. So until next time, keep questioning all those assumptions and we will talk again then...